Yes. So, hi, Julia Victoria. So, <laughs> Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well, thanks. How about yourself? Good. Uh, <laughs> yes. yes. So, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's really nice to meet you. I was looking over your information and I saw you did the child's tarot um, mm -hmm. deck. And then you have this new book and um, the book, the deck is already out and the book is coming out. Yeah. Is that so the Fine Lines deck, I, I believe I published it in August. Uh -huh. um, and at that time I created the Fine Lines journal, which okay. is a blank journal, but it's set up to work with the cards. Okay. Um, and then I was, I was working on an online course. So it was going to be a guided meditation online course. Uh -huh. And going through the process of creating the course was a deep process for me because I was working with each of the cards very intimately. Um, and as I was doing it, I kept thinking, you know, this might be better if people just have like a workbook and they can like just, you know, read the prompt, you know, the prompts are pretty open, at least I think they are. Um, so, you know, people can apply it to their individual lives. It's not like giving you a specific scenario. What would you do in this situation? And I'll give you an example. Um, and yet the more I was working on it, the more it's like, I felt like I was put, like forcing, trying to force the course to happen. So I was like, okay, it's like causing me way more stress than it needs to. And I was like, let me just make this as a workbook. So I, I had to modify the prompts a little bit, not completely, but I had to rewrite them to put it in a workbook. Um, and so I made the workbook, which is called Traversing the Fine Lines. Wow. And I'll talk about why I call it Fine Lines. Um, and it, it's a huge book. It's like, it's seven and a half, it's like 7.6 by nine something, um, because there's blank pages, right? So there's oh, okay. 10 blank pages for the prompts. So it's, it's a workbook and journal. Um, and it, yeah, so it's set up that way for people to really like dive deeply in, to really journal about whatever challenge they're working with. So for example, so this is the deck. I was going to show you. So I mean, I should explain the deck, what it is, right? So the fine lines, it's called the fine lines, 44 meditations for intentional living. Okay. Um, so there's 44 cards and it's called the fine lines because there's two terms or two words and versus is in between. So versus represents the fine line. So this first card here is vulnerability versus victimhood. Yeah. And in the book, it's like exploring that fine line between the two. And I use the term versus and I explain this in the book. Um, not so much as like in sports where it's like home team versus away team, like fighting, like these two, these two terms are against each other and one's all good and one's all bad. Of course, one is a little more light and one is a little more shadow, but you can't have one without the other. Right. And so there's this fine line between them and fine lines in how we behave and how we actually subconsciously work with those energies. Right. So to, um, look up vulnerability versus victimhood. I did make a table of contents for this because <laughs> it would be hard for people to find. Okay, so open up that page for you here. Oh, whoops. 451. Why am I not finding the page? Oh, this is funny. It's like hiding from me. I just looked oh. up. Oh, it's one. I guess it's one of those days. Okay. 
Here Seems we go. Seems like it. <laughs> so, okay, vulnerability versus victimhood. So, there's about a page. Some of them are a little more than a page for oh. the prompts. So at the top, though, what I did is I wrote definitions for each of the words and the terms. And I, I write this in the introduction, like, that's to appease our intellectual mind. Like, what does this actually mean? Right. And so for vulnerability, for example, I write vulnerability, being open or capable of being a, attacked emotionally, verbally, mentally, or physically. Okay. And then for victimhood, the definition is the personality trait in which one behaves and identifies as one who is a victim, often repeatedly, of the negative actions of others or victim mentality. And so the definitions I consolidated from actual dictionaries. So it wasn't like me making stuff up. I pulled out my big unabridged dictionary, looked up all the definitions, consolidated them. You know, some words have like, you know, 10 different definitions. Like, what is the most common meaning? And then I would dictionaries online and other dictionaries I had just to make sure I got a good definition of the terms um, and made sure it just wasn't my own opinion of what it means. So right. until appeasing. And then we have the prompt and the prompts are to tap into our emotions, into our subconscious. What does, or what do these, what do the terms of the fine line mean? Mm -hmm. And how do I approach those concepts in my life? How can I, change how my behavior or be more conscious of my behavior when I'm feeling those concepts, you know, within myself. So the prompt for vulnerability versus victimhood. Um, oh, this is an intense one. I actually picked like one of the longer ones. I did write a note at the top of this one, um, sort of a precaution, which I don't do with the others, but this can be a, it's a vulnerable one, right? Vulnerability versus behavior. Yeah. Because a lot of people have been, you know, victims of actual abuse of various forms. So I wrote, note, if you're dealing with a past traumatic experience, are currently in an abusive situation, or are experiencing narcissistic abuse, I recommend skipping this prompt until you and your therapist agree that you're ready to work with it. That's a good, I think that's really good. You know, on the one hand, people have to dive into that stuff. But on the other hand, giving them that warning and letting them know that, you know, going into this will trigger them sometimes or yeah. bring up vulnerabilities or, or <laughs> cases where um, that, trauma that might come up. And mm -hmm. I mean, any of these can be taken to dive into deep shadow work, but this is one, you know, I really wanted to just put it out there. People are right. working, you know, if they were just recently in a, let's say a traumatic accident, you don't want to be diving into this yet. You need to get to a certain place emotionally, psychologically to be ready to then dive into these concepts. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I just, I didn't want people to do this and then be like triggered and re-traumatized and all that stuff. Okay. So the actual prompt um, says, let's look at the archetype of the victim to help us understand the fine line between vulnerability and victimhood. The light or positive aspect of the victim archetype lets us see ways in which we are or have allowed ourselves to be dangerously vulnerable, where our health and well-being is threatened. The dark shadow or negative aspect is the use of one's past wounds to play the victim. So this is, you know, looking at the archetype of the victim. The negative aspect is, you know, people are like, oh, woe is me. Mm -hmm. I was victimized and it's happening again when it's, you know, they're kind of projecting it out onto their situation. Um, and that is to manipulate others to their advantage. It is also the fear of healthy vulnerability, opening ourselves to connect with and to love others. 
Often this fear stems from a past experience of being victimized because one had loved. So there's that just being open with one's emotions or allowing oneself to connect to people. It's vulnerable because yes, people can hurt you, whether it's intentional or you just get hurt because you don't get what you want. So there's a sense of healthy vulnerability we all need to have to connect to other people without putting ourselves in um, victimable, <laughs> making up a word here, victimable situations, right? So it's like, where, where's that fine line? Where's that fine line of being connecting to others versus just, yeah, putting yourself out there to get hurt, right? You know, and that would be, you know, obvious situations are like walking down a dark alley in the middle of the night by yourself, you know, right. people wouldn't do that. But it could be like, let's say narcissistic abuse, because that seems to be, it's, it's, I don't say trendy, but it's common right now. I mean, a lot of people are talking about it, which is great. Um, I think a lot, especially women get into relationships and the red flags are there and they know. And they want to be open and vulnerable to love, yet they cross that fine line. And they, even though the red flags are there, they chose not to see it for whatever reason, right? So it's, this is hopefully to help people to see where that fine line is, to know where to stop, you know, depending on what situation they're in. And then I have like three bullet point questions, like, so the you know, questions to journal on for people to meditate on. And so one of them, I'll read them through. What are ways in which you shield yourself from healthy vulnerability and why do you do so? So people can think about past relationships. It could go back to childhood. So I, I try to keep it open so it wouldn't limit people, you know, think of your past relationship, this and that. Right. The next one is, do you find that you seem to be very vulnerable to energetic or emotional vampires? If so, what ways can you develop and put boundaries into place to not become the victim? Nice. Evaluating it. And then the third one is, do you, do you use your victimhood to get others to do things for you or to get out of things? So some people are like, oh, I can't do that. Woe is me because something yeah, happened to me 20 uh, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then what can you say or do when those situations arise to regain your power? Because when people do that, when they use their victimhood as an excuse to get out of doing things, to not do things, to be like, oh, I'm late because blah, 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 they're giving their power away to that, to that archetype, basically. Right. Outside of that archetype. And when you say, no, okay, I just don't want to do that. I have the power to say, hey, I'm... I don't, I don't want to help you with that or whatever it is. I just don't want to see that movie. I don't want to do this instead of like playing this little game. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people play manipulative games. They don't realize it. And so, you know, these are to try to get people to think and the journaling part. I always feel like we get stuff out of here and into something physical that we can touch and see and read. We see it more clearly. Right. Now, when things are swirling in here, especially patterns of behavior, we kind—we always kind of know about them. We kind of know about our shadow aspects, but you know, it's like in here, so whatever. <laughs> but we actually sit and write it out and be like, oh yeah, I've been a jerk because I haven't been helping my friend who needs a lot of help because I've just been saying, oh, my ankle hurts still from twisting it a year ago. No, I can't put a brace on and help you out. Instead of just saying, you know, I'm just, I'm being a jerk. Uh, okay. Or and I what do I do about that now? Yeah. You know, 
yeah. can I be nicer? Can I, you know, or is there another reason? Is there something else going on? So it could go down all these different routes as people explore the fine lines. Yeah. So it can be intense. Someone, you know, chooses to work with this. I mean, as I experienced, I mean, I created the deck and um, I actually started working on this. It was like 10 years ago or more. I was just writing down notes in my own journal and I was noticing like, oh, people behave this way, but they think it's this way. And I was like, oh, there's like these fine lines. And then all of a sudden I started making this list over the course of like a year or two. Um, and I had, I think, 50 something to begin with. Although as I made the deck, I was like, oh, this is very much like that. So I was crossing ones out. Um, and so I hadn't really intensely worked with it till I was working on the course like that intensely, you know, I'd worked in a little concept here and a little concept there and putting the deck together. And there was a big, you know, years in between working on it before I actually made the deck. Um, so it was quite the experience to really go through every single one intensely looking at myself. Doesn't mean I'm perfect, <laughs> you know, but it's like, oh, wow. You know, like, especially the one like um, gratitude versus indebtedness. That was one that really... I really had to work with because it's normal to be like, you know, if someone does something nice for you. You feel indebted. Oh my gosh, I got to do something nice back right. versus like versus versus, Oh, they did something nice. And then something, Oh, I, I want to help them out. You know, they helped me like there's a, there's so it's such a subtle fine line, but a lot of people feel this indebtedness. Like they can't accept kindness, receive kindness and just say, thank you. That's wonderful. It's, oh my God, what can I do for you now? I have to give something back. I have to do something. Here's some money. You know, it's, it's really just becoming okay with just, Hey, thank you is all you need. Right. And that's a jerk to people later. Right. You know, that's another fine layer of the fine line, but it's like, or people who give expecting the other to be indebted to them, you know, cause it, it goes both ways. And there's another one that I have, it's given or yeah, give and receive versus give and take, which sort of overlapped with gratitude versus indebtedness. It's like, are you giving so you can get something from other people? Right. Or are you giving and you're open to receive what other might other people might give, but you don't like shake your finger, why didn't you do this for me? Because I did that for you. Right. So it's giving without any intention except for the feeling of giving. Yeah. Yeah, giving because you care, because you want to, you know, and the other person's nice to you later, great, but you don't hold it over them, you know, right. don't hold a grudge if they don't do anything, or you don't be like, I gave you this, so you owe me this, you know, that kind of attitude. Um, yeah, so it can be really intense, because we, you know, well, at least for me, I really was looking at, you know, things going on in my life right now, or recently, and, and just looking at the little patterns that we all have inside their subconscious, but it, it helps to bring it to conscious awareness. Like, Oh yeah, I have a little bit of that too. Like I, you know, I struggle with indebtedness. I'm like an overgiver, which a lot of people are. It's like here, okay, let me do this. Okay. Let me do that. And it, it's not giving to take, but it's like, it's draining. It's yeah. draining. Just being okay with like, okay, just say thank you. Appreciate give when you can without destroying yourself, <laughs> exhausting yourself, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, you touch on so many different things that I see coming up, you know, with my clients, with my friends, with myself, 
where, you know, um, a lot of what we've been taught as a society, um, as women especially, but, you know, as a society in whole, is just like, there's this, it's almost like a power struggle of give with, you know, and then there's the expectation if you give, then you'll get something in return. But then there's this freedom of giving, you know, when you, when you detach yourself from that expectation and when you just say, when you give from the heart and you're just like, it just feels good to give here because I know that in the end, the universe is going to give me back. Right. It'll come back in some right. way. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But then trying to, like you said, that fine line, that point, how can you balance that with, with boundaries, for yeah. example? Um, and, and really kind of taking a look in, in, into yourself, because this is not a book where you can walk into it and think you're going to fool yourself about what's going on, right? <laughs> not if you actually use it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It requires inner journey. I mean, I call it a journey of self-discovery and in that journey of self-discovery, you might go down these paths. You didn't even know were there, you know, it's yeah. Yeah. And a deeply intense journey. And I don't want that to scare some people away (laughs) from using it either. You know, you just take it in steps and see where it takes. I mean, some, some people might be like, Let's see. Here's one. So like teaching versus telling. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so easy to like tell someone how to do something. Right. How do I, something silly. How do I boil water? Oh, well stick it in the pot and turn the oven on or turn the, turn the stove top on. And that's not teaching them though. That's just telling them what to do or, you know, it, it's not explaining the process. Right. more intimate, giving the person skills, showing them how to do it, having them do it hands-on experience so they can learn. That's teaching versus like, oh, well, just go do this, right. you know, and I'm like, what do I do? You know, right. I mean, that's an example, but you know, it's like, okay, if people don't know like why you do something or you like a math problem, you know, teaching kids like one plus one equals two and, you know, Someone may say, okay, that's what it is. And the kid's like, you're not explaining why. You're not explaining, you know, how it can be a useful tool, you know, counting your toys, whatever it may be. It's just like, this is what it is. Memorize it. You know, that's not, they can't learn. It's memorization. It's like someone did that. That's what they told me. Versus like, oh, you have one thing and you have another thing. Oh, that's two things. You know, it's, it's, it's really getting it. So teaching people and the teaching can come out in everyday life. It doesn't have to be like in a school setting. Um, but I think it's so easy for people to, especially adults to just tell other adults what to do versus taking a few extra minutes to really explain something and say, Hey, this is how you I know, change the ink in the printer. So you open this up and you have to do this instead of, you know, and, and this one goes here and this one goes here and there's a reason for this and that or whatever it might be. Instead of like, oh, just, just open it up and pop it in, you know, like, what? Okay. You know, it takes longer for them to figure it out versus, okay, take a few moments and teach someone, explain things, why you do something a certain way, um, you know, what the result will be versus just say, okay, just do it. Right. 
So some can be a little more, this is more like a little more practical, you could say a little more superficial or vulner, vulnerability versus victimhood. It's a pretty deep one. It's, it's probably the deepest one. It was right there on top. I'm like, okay, yeah, really. Um, but I feel like this can really, you know, I call it um, 44 meditations for intentional living. So going from conditional living, whereas we let our patterns of behavior, our patterns of thoughts, and we always have a you know, little inkling of a notion that they're there, right? And seeing those patterns so that we can live more intentionally and letting those patterns control us, our subconscious behaviors, our shadows, they won't disappear. They'll always be there, but it's being aware like, oh, wow, okay, that shadow aspect of me is coming through or the part of me that just wants to tell someone what to do and like send them on their way versus, okay, taking a few moments to teach. Okay. That, that bossy person's coming up. What do I do with my, we'll call it my bossy self. You know, you can name it if you want. Okay. This is what I need to do. Take a deep breath or just say, Hey, can we do this later when I'm in a better space? Things like that. So it's like being able to catch ourselves. Yeah. When we're in those more difficult moments, or just being able to step away sometimes. Right. Yeah. Well, this, I was listening to, um, what is it called? Game Changers today. It's from Dave Asprey. He does like biohacking. Oh, and, interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, but he said that there's this moment between the, um, what's it called? Um, the thing that happens and the, the, reaction time that's this like pregnant pause if you want to call it that or something like that where you have the opportunity to set an intention of how you want to react and you can respond with your old way of thinking and your own old way of doing things or you can let your shadow respond or you can just take that moment and switch it and say well I could tell that person or I could say here come here let me show you what's going on and then when you get that person involved um, or if you take that moment to decide, I'm not going to respond as I normally do. Mm -hmm. It's, it's life changing, really. I love that for like that pregnant moment. Yeah. Like, I actually, one of the cards is responding versus reacting. Yeah. Oh, well, that's so funny. It's like the second card down. Okay. <laughs> so responding versus reacting. Um, and it's really kind of about that catching yourself. You know, let's say someone like spills water all over the floor, you know, is your normal reaction to like yell at them or say, hey, clean that up? Or is it like, who? oh, okay, maybe they need some help. Like that, yeah, that pregnant pause. Like, just taking a breath. <laughs> yeah. like, okay, they need help. Let me help them clean up that water spill. You know, right. they're, they're not, you know, a clumsy klutz, you know, <laughs> that's my reaction to something from my childhood or something, or what someone said to me a long time ago, that's, you know, that I'm holding inside. Um, yeah, I love that term, pregnant pause. That's lovely. <laughs> I might have to borrow that. <laughs> well, I think he termed it differently, but we'll, we'll just... Okay. No, but I really like that because I think that a lot of people are just, they don't want to continue to act and react out of that same, you know, there are a lot of people right now who are willing to kind of look in their shadows mm -hmm. and see how perhaps 
you know, being a victim or being an overgiver or being somebody who's, who's um, acting out of a role. Right is yeah. detrimental to their life. And so they're just making these little shifts. Sometimes the pause has to be a little bit longer too, because I know myself, like sometimes I have to just say, you know what? I shouldn't react to that right now because I'm just not in the place. You know, there are certain things, like you said, with the water that spills or something like that, where you have to react to it right away. But there are certain things that are where you just have to say, I need a little distance mm-hmm. before yeah. I react. And I think it's a little hard in this, you know, day and age, like instant replies and stuff. Very much so. Make it extra challenging. Yeah. But like what you said, I think most people, they want to change those things or they have an, you know, an inkling that, yeah, I shouldn't behave this way or they're hard on themselves because of how they behave. They don't have tools. Right. So these are tools. And that's, that's why I felt like the workbook would be better than an online course where people are just listening. Because I figure most, more, the work, workbook is more available <laughs> than yeah. an online course. And I'm actually, I've posted a couple of guided meditations. So I'm doing, I'm posting some free ones on my YouTube channel, um, which is Juliana Victoria. Um, just for the few clients I know who are like really wanting the guided meditations. And I'm like, okay, I'll put some free ones up. I'll put them up when I have a chance to record them. Um, because I already kind of had started the process. I've just tweaked them a little bit. Um, so those are, there are, there's two up there already, and I'll put probably a couple more in um, next month. I have a really busy May, so I don't know if I'll get to them this month. Um, but those are there. But yeah, these are tools to help those, you know, people who are like, oh, I really, I really hate how I react in, in you know, these types of situations, or can't think of one right now. Um, <laughs> or where they're, you know, where they're personalizing more with the shadow. And so yeah. being able to yeah. look through the cards and say, oh, this is what I'm experiencing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they can personally like pick one out. Okay. This, this, this is one I want to work with. Or I even put it in the introduction. Like if there's a card you particularly don't like, that might be a good one to work with. <laughs> That's where you start, right? Again, <laughs> like so. For example, here's like exploring solutions versus dwelling on problems. Right. Um, it's so easy to dwell on problems, you know, and you can just be thinking about it all the time, stressing about it. You could be complaining about it. You'd be like, "Oh, this never works," and it almost becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy oh, that's going to break down and just, Oh gosh, this is never, you know, and they're so caught, you know, he, me, you, we can be so caught up in like the problem and stressing about it that and, th- and thinking dwelling on it is like trying to figure it out, but we're really just dwelling on it versus like, Oh, okay. This is a problem. Uh, the situation needs to be dealt with, or this person needs to be dealt with, whatever it might be. What can I do to help, you know, make peace, to find a solution, to compromise? Um, sometimes the solutions are out there, but really we can, we're only in charge of ourselves, right? So right. It's like, yeah. what can I do? And sometimes it's just like, okay, I'm just going to change my attitude um, oh wait, a notification came up for Zoom. It says, okay, I think that's okay. <laughs> um, what can I do <laughs> to 
to shift the energy of this problem so it becomes it moves towards a solution right and you know it's really it's reflecting on ourselves it's what can we do how can how can i respond versus react how can i help to teach rather than tell how can i focus on love rather than lusting for this person. So I have one that's in love versus in lust, right. which is, it's a tricky one. <laughs> that's a very tricky one when it comes to romantic relationships. It's often very confused and there's often both like, you know, which, which, which side of the fine line is more of your focus. Um, I mean, of course, you know, you want lust in a relationship, there's right. romantic, but it's like, what's the driving force, you know, where, you know, Am I just wanting more problems to complain all the time? Or do I like to seek out solutions, whether they work or not? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Working with all those shadows. And I think, you know, most people can relate to all of these 44 fine lines. Like, yeah, I don't think there's a perfect person out there who hasn't dealt right. <laughs> at some point in their life. Or at least know someone who has. Um, and if you look at it, like when I was weeding down the 50-something I had, um, at first I was going to do 52, like work on one per week. But then I was like, that's too structured. Um, so I was like, 44 is a good number. Um, an angel number, right? right. Um, <laughs> so like you look at them and they all can kind of be broken down to, you know, if you like consolidated them into like one energy, it's living out of love versus living out of fear. Right. And there is a love versus fear card. And that's, there's a, a few in there where you're like, what's the fine line between love and fear? But it's often confused. A lot of people think they're loving, but they're acting out of fear. Like there's really this fine line um, between that, but it can all be broken down to that. Right. Yeah. And if you can consolidate all that within your psyche <laughs> and bring it all together in perfect harmony. Right. Yeah. No, but that's a good way to think about it too. It's just really love is about trusting and fear mm -hmm. is about not trusting. And a lot of times people, because of the way society and because of the way we've grown up in some places it's really like you said it's a fine line between those yeah. two things you know or fear of loss you know yes. do I love this person so much because they complete me quote unquote mm -hmm. and I'm scared of losing them yeah it's totally um an interesting yeah. concept now yeah. one of the things that I was wondering as you were talking um is this something yeah it's under in here I guess this this question has a, a special effect I guess no um is this something the deck and the workbook are meant to be used as personal tools rather than something that you would work with a client with? Is that correct? Um, or you can work with them with clients. Um, like, you know, if you're doing spiritual counseling, um, life coaching, um, I would say with regular clients, it's, it's, it'd be a lot for one-off clients because you might work on one you know fine line for a few weeks or a few months you know depending on what's going on in their life so yeah you could definitely use it working with clients um 
I haven't pulled out the deck to work specifically with clients, but the concepts do come up. Definitely with my regular clients. So I, I use it in an indirect way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not doing like, if I were go, to go back to like in-person one-on-one coaching. So I have a one and a half year old right now. So mostly I work online. So, um, <laughs> so I'm not doing in-person, but if I were to work in person with someone, you know, and, and we're working with the workbook together or they're working on it and we discuss it, then I would, I would love to incorporate it in. Um, and I also have another journal I put out 2012 um, called Butterfly or Butterfly Journal. Okay, <laughs> it's yeah, a, I saw that on your website. Yeah, monthly contemplations for spiritual metamorphosis. So there, there's 12 prompts and they feed on top of each other. And that's something I would love to do in a workshop in person when, you know, when baby's a little bit older and in school and I have more time to like work in person. Um, but this is another one. And I've been thinking about that lately. Actually, yesterday I was like oh I was like feeling the energy of like oh maybe I should start planning like in-person things even though it might be a couple years down the road but I was like feeling that energy maybe I should start planning it and I was thinking about that um for both those journals I would love to do and I actually did an online webinar webinar with butterfly journal let's see two three years ago we did it 12 weeks instead of throughout the year. <laughs> so I think if you online webinar, stretch it throughout a year, people would drop <laughs> lose interest. But we met once a week. We went through the prompts. I gave examples and I gave questions. It was very interactive. So it was really fun to do. Um, but yeah, with the fine lines, that's something I would love to do with clients in person when I'm back to that. Um, because they'll, they'll bring the, the journal with them and, and we'll sit and work on it. Um, could do with distance clients, but I know what you it's mean. like kids doing homework. Like, will they actually do it? You know, if they live like 10 States away or around the world, like I think it, it might be more challenging for the client to do their homework actually. Um, but if someone wanted to, I would definitely work with them on it. Yeah. 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 Well, getting to your work because you have yes. this really cool, very varied background. You have a lot of different tools in your toolbox. I don't think we said anything about what you do and who you are and any <laughs> or anything. So, um, why don't you explain a little bit? Okay. Well, um, I kind of put it all under the umbrella of healing actually. Okay. So, um, spiritual life coaching, spiritual counseling, I use tarot and astrology as tools. I do distance Reiki healing. Um, I also am an herbal practitioner. I'm also a massage therapist, a structural integration therapist. And I do, I put it all on the, under the umbrella of healing. And on my, I just um, post, uh, put out a new website or I redesigned my website basically. And there's a phrase in there under my name that says whole being healing. And that's what I'm sort of transitioning it into and a part of that is like, it's prep, it's actually prepping for when I'm able to meet with clients in person again, which right. is interesting we brought that up with the journals. Um, it's like I'm prepping for a few, a few years down the line because it, to me, it is all healing. Like whether I'm using astrology to look at people's, you know, you could say karma or their lessons they're here to learn in this life, the challenges they're facing through their astrology or working with tarot cards or journaling, um, workbooks or it's like Reiki or super intense structural integration myofascial release massage it's healing on some level physical mental emotional spiritual right but all those are interconnected too yeah 
And what I'm, what I'm, I guess I'm sort of setting up for a few years down the line is to have um, an actual office space where I meet people in person and we can address all those aspects of them. And that's why it's called whole being healing. Um, it's like, okay, you have this back pain, this neck pain, there's the physical cause. Okay, what's the emotional component? Let's do some, you know, some intense structural integration work. It doesn't feel good. Do some light Reiki or some sort of energy healing the next session. Then we'll look at your astrology to see what's going on there. That might be a component. Let's do some shadow work to see what's affecting that there. You know, because back pain is often has to do with feeling safe, with feeling protected. If it's low bag, it has to do with family stuff. It could be ancestral stuff, past life stuff. So it's like bringing it all together. That, that's, that's my vision for a few years down the line. I am, I'm kind of doing it, but it's, you know, it's, it's, I'm working all online right now. So it's, it's, I miss that, like, connecting to people face to face. Oh, yeah. You know, so yeah, I'm prepping for that. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And you're giving me, as we're talking, I have all these ideas popping into my head, like, oh, and then I could do a workshop like this and this and that. And just, I would, yeah, that personal connection face to face. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it, I get that with Skype and FaceTime, but it's not the same. It's not yeah. quite the same, you know. You know, we're not shaking hands, we're not hugging goodbye, you know, it's not like, okay, I'll see you in a few weeks, you know, it's right. okay, schedule when you're ready, and, and so on, so, yeah. 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 I'm missing it a lot. <laughs> oh, the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's yeah. one of the things, I mean, yeah, like you said, the energy just is totally different when you're in the same room with somebody, when you can actually hug them or you know when you're really working deep mm -hmm. you know, and for you working on that you know actual physical manipulation that would help the spiritual work as well that would be something I mean that's probably like an arm missing or something of your work really because you're just like if I could feel into it it's it's the energetic feeling and it's the conversational feeling and then it's the actually getting into the muscle and feeling. Yeah. yeah. So it's like working the whole body and it, I, this concept developed. So I started out in my healing field as a massage therapist and a Reiki practitioner, but I noticed, you know, as I worked on clients, they opened up, they talked about things and like, as I worked on tissue, you know, there's emotional release. And then I started doing astrology readings and I started with Vedic astrology first, even though, you know, I grew up with Western astrology and I do Western now too. Um, but I started incorporating that in. And this is when I lived in Seattle still. Um, and I had, you know, an office space. And so I was, I actually kind of started, I had clients who came from massage and it's like, okay, we'll schedule your astrology session and we'll look at this or we'll schedule a tarot session. And so I was starting to incorporate it. And then I moved back to, to California and like took a totally different route for a few years. And now I'm coming back to it. So, um, yeah, so that it's kind of how it started. Like it all came out and I was like, you know, I need to, I need to work with people talking with them. I need to help them out in other ways. I need to help them out spiritually and, and not just, you know, okay, here's this tight muscle. Let's loosen this up and, and this and that. Cause I'd be like, you know, there's like, there's emotion stored in here. You know, what is this about? Or, or when I'd be working on a certain area of the body, 
they talk about the fight with their spouse or the issue at work. And so I'm like, oh, they're disconnected. It's not, it's not random. It's coming up with them releasing stuff and then they're verbalizing it um, and just releasing it basically. Right. You know, I just had yeah. to listen. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fascinating. <laughs> the whole complex of the body, mind and soul. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's nice that it's, there are people like you and they're like the movement right now is connecting all of these systems. Mm -hmm. They're not separate. They're not isolated. Like everything that you're doing and, and we're even finding out like ancestrally and through our DNA and everything we're storing, you know, yeah. uh, memories of stressors or, or good times we'll say mm -hmm. in our body. And so for some people, it can be such a, a challenge yeah. to be able to really put the, you know, but once you get working with them, mm -hmm. then you're just like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. But like you said, releasing it from their, from their physical form, releasing it from their mental, releasing it through speech and through working together. It's really, yeah, yeah. And the, especially like the ancestral work. Um, I mean, I do have one life coaching client. We talk, we used to work in person in San Francisco, um, but I'm in Santa Barbara now. Um, but we still work by phone and we've done a lot of ancestral work, um, both sides, your mother and father's side of her family. And that's helped her tremendously. Um, but I really took an interest in ancestral work when I moved from Seattle back to San Francisco. I knew it, right? But it was still, I didn't want to consciously like, it wasn't my conscious reason for moving there, but it was about ancestral healing and healing those patterns, healing um, patterns of lack of self-worth, patterns of not being able to be yourself. I mean, there are all sorts of like, I realized I'm on an ancestral healing path and I'm the one to, it's like, I'm the one to heal it. It's like, it stops here. <laughs> So it was very interesting, like to be in that, like that move was like a journey into the underworld for me. Um, it was difficult. It was not what I consciously wanted, right? <laughs> but I like, I knew as I was in the process, I was like, this is doing something, you know? And, and as it went along, I'm like, oh, I'm healing this. I'm being called by my grandmothers to heal this pattern of behavior and, yeah, it was quite powerful, very powerful. And then it changed my life. Like it, it opened things up. I mean, I basically had nothing. I moved. So I left Seattle because it was cold. <laughs> I mean, something I, <laughs> um, I had a home, a thriving business practice, but I just, I knew I had to move. And so I was like, I have to go back to California. I have to go back to the sunshine. Um, and I was like, okay, I can live in the family home in San Francisco until I figure out exactly where I want to live. I thought, oh, a few months. Okay, I can handle that. <laughs> I ended up being a few years. Okay. Uh, had Alzheimer's, and suddenly I was her caretaker. She passed away, and my dad got cancer. He survived, but it was like I was like forced into being there. And it was a family home, like for like four, four generations. Oh, and wow. so I was forced to be there to work on this. And I realized as I was there, 
And of course, not working, like barely working a few distance clients, but I didn't really have time to work when you're watching someone with Alzheimer's. I mean, I say it's watching because you're basically just watching constantly, um, you know, or caretaking, driving to appointments and back and like you don't have time to work. So I worked a little bit, but I, I was just like, I had nothing, you know, and I needed to be in that nothing to focus on the things. Right. And like, I actually really appreciate the experience and I was working hard on appreciating it while I was in it. It wasn't easy, right. but I, I knew what it was. I knew what it was. So it was like this, yeah, intense journey. It's like into the shadow of my ancestors, basically. Right. Quite powerful. Oh, I can imagine. Just, yeah. That was when I came out of it, I moved to Santa Barbara, met my husband almost right away. We married a year later. A year later, had a baby. And, like, but the base I was giving birth to all these creative things, I had been... I had worked on, I set aside, you know, I did a little bit when I was in San Francisco, like the children's fairy tale. That was actually a story my dad wrote that I totally, I rewrote. Um, yeah. So I had some little books, I put little things out there, but I had all these projects and I couldn't birth them because I was in, in the underworld. I was in working on that stuff deep inside myself. Right shadows, the shadows I inherited, because I think you can inherit, inherit those patterns. Um, and yeah, and so now, <laughs> now I'm like birthing everything. <laughs> and as I sat down for this interview, I was like, well, let me just put my stuff out. And I was like, hey, I have three decks. I have another one I'm working on. I have two more books I'm working on, you know, and it, it's, it's coming, it's happening. And even though I don't know where I find the time, having a one and a half year old, yeah. <laughs> evenings, weekends, still meeting with clients and this and that, um, but it, it's flowing now, so it's it's amazing. Coming out well, of the underworld is great. <laughs> no, I love that you said that too, because so many people think that when they're doing, when they're in their shadow work, when they're in the underworld, when they're trying to sort out this healing path for themselves it can be really disappointing and you can get really frustrated with yourself because it's just like writer's block you know oh yeah exactly yeah yeah you feel stuck and you're like i want to work on this but nothing's coming or right. i'm struggling for or like you know i'm struggling to survive right. <laughs> but I can't work and if you feel like life is crashing down upon you sort of like the tower card in the tarot mm -hmm. like the unstable things are crashing down because they need to. So right. you, you got to clear the rubble out before you can rebuild. But it's, it's hard. Even, you know, like I knew I was in it. I knew what was going on. But it was still hard every day. I had my mantras that I said in my head over and over and over. Like when I was like having really difficult days. Not every day was horrible. And I was working, you know, appreciating. I was like, hey, okay, I don't have to work. Great. You know, <laughs> I can focus on me. Like working on appreciating it, but it is, it's really hard. And sometimes it seems like more stuff comes at you because it's just more stuff you need to work on, mm -hmm. work with. And I say release, but to release things, you kind of have to hug them. Right. Like to release something, if you're like, no, go away. It's always there to push away. But you say, right. okay, I want to let this go. I need to accept it. I need to hug it. Okay. And sometimes you realize you don't have to let it go at that point. But sometimes it's like, okay, I appreciate this. I'm going to honor it. Doesn't mean you have to like it. <laughs> and then it sort of floats, you know, energetically floats away.
but yeah, it can be really hard, especially when life just keeps throwing more things at you. Right. But seeing, yeah. 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 Go ahead. I'm sorry, but seeing how much you've, I mean, I was looking at, I was impressed by everything that you <laughs> to afterwards. I was like, wow, she has all these books and stories and decks. And um, I looked at your YouTube channel. I was like, wow, okay. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. Well, I, I also kind of look at, you know, make, make it fun. Am I doing what I enjoy? You know, right. I have a, one of the books I'm working on is a book on schizophrenia and okay. it's actually about my sister and I have like 12,000 words. So I have a good chunk done. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, I don't have, I don't feel the passion, the inspiration to work on this. I'm going to set it aside, but like I could butt my head and keep trying to footwork on that and nothing's going to happen. And I'm wasting all this time butting my head against it when I could be working on something that I'm enjoying. Right. It's fun that I can put out there as a tool for other people. And that's basically what I'm creating is tools, you know, the books, the stories are all to me, it's tools to give to other people to work with. Um, so yeah, as long, as long as I'm feeling that passion, if I'm not, I'm setting it aside. Good. Yeah. Projects to work on. I have a lot of things. And occasionally there's days I'm just exhausted, you know, being a mommy and all. I'm just like, okay, I can't work on anything. But then like my YouTube channel, um, I have my blog too. I've had my blog since 2011 and for a long time. I don't post very often because I'm kind of busy. Um, but like the blog and the YouTube channel, that's basically my, my service. Like that's what I see as my volunteer service. Here's some free readings. Here's a free weekly reading. Here's some new moon and full moon readings. Um, and looking at it that way, it's fun. It's like, okay, here's these fun things. Here's a video. I just did a video yesterday on all my botanical decks. Like, here's some bunch of decks I have. I just want to share it with you. So it's like, I'm enjoying it. It's fun. It's something I'm giving to other people that's useful and helpful to them that's free. Um, uh, yeah, and so that just makes it easier to do and create more. You know, and even like my books and decks, I'm going to try to make things affordable, like being on the inside <laughs> and doing, like I've done mostly the print on demand just because I don't have, you know, with a baby and stuff, I don't have, and I have three large dogs. I can't have like dozens and hundreds of boxes of decks and books and packing material and like in the hallway. <laughs> I can't build my house with that. And I don't have the time to run a shop right now, although I'm considering it for my next deck. I don't know why, but <laughs> where are we going to put all this stuff? Um, but where was I going with that? <laughs> I fell off track. Um, from the charity work, from having fun with doing yeah. it. Oh, yeah. This is making like everything affordable as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Because being on the inside, it's like, yeah, you know, I could, you know, lots of decks go for like $50, $60 now. I mean, it's usually with fancier printing and stuff, but it's like, I can sell this for $20, $22, you know, that's, you know, <laughs> right. I, I'm okay making a dollar on each one and I don't need to make 50 on each deck, you know? <laughs> so it's interesting being on the inside, like how can I give to others, earn a little income and be helping as many people as possible. Right. And that's kind of how I look at it. You know, it's, so, yeah, but it's fun. That's the important thing. Like, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying what I'm doing and hoping other people are enjoying what I create and put out there. Yeah. If not, 
there's plenty of other ones, you know, there's other books, there's other decks, there's other channels, there's other things they can look at. And, you know, just having that, that joy in it just makes it so easy to like keep creating, you know, even though it's, you know, like the fine lines can be something really intense. <laughs> um, but it's also, you know, it doesn't have to be like, oh no, I got to work on my fine line prompt today. It's like, let me look at this, you know, let me, let me, you know, and, and just kind of make the card sort of cute, you know, supporting versus controlling. Okay, let me work on that. It's not like they're just black and white cards and drab. I mean, I did like vintage, um, vintage uh, journal papers, various vintage papers for them. Um, so it's like something kind of pretty to look at. Okay, well, let's work on this. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's deep, but I'm having fun with it. I'm enjoying it. You know, and then someone could be like, oh, let's see if Julie did a guided meditation on her YouTube channel for this one, <laughs> you know? Right. So just, yeah, just making it fun and accessible for other people as well, even if they're diving into shadow work. <laughs> it's important, you know, you can't just, I, I think that there's been so much focus on all this positive, everything has to be positive and yeah. everything like that. And then, you know, when you, you hit that brick wall, eventually where you're like no I can't just roll this in glitter and pretend it's pretty anymore. Right. you know I can't it's got glitter on it it's not pretty still so yeah. you know but uh, like going back to what you were saying too like creating from that space of joy and sharing and making positive um tools for other people to work with and to heal themselves with I mean that's just like, there's no better thing to do when this is your mission and your work and everything. And so, and this has been like a big theme for me lately too, is getting back into that place where we're creating from a joyful space where you're not pushing things and where you're just saying, this is something that I'm putting out there to the world because I want to make the world a better place. I don't necessarily have to charge 500 bucks for it, you know? Um, I want to make it accessible. And, and so, yeah, kudos to you, <laughs> you know, really. I feel accessibility is really important, you know, because, you know, yeah, I've had times in my life, like when I was caretaking parents and, you know, out of college, you know, where you don't have a lot of money to get access to these tools, you know, you can right. find some stuff free online, but to like have something in your hands, you know, not a lot of people actually can spend, you know, 50 bucks on a deck and another 30 for a book, you know, right. They need something they can get, save a little money for and use and be practical and actually like get a lot out of it. Right. You know, it's, it's not like, you know, okay, here's a deck of cards and it's, oh, it's like this other deck of cards and it's like that one, just different artwork. It's like, can I use this for personal growth? Can I use this to learn about myself? Can I use this to make my life better? Can I use this to make me a nicer person? <laughs> you know? um, even if it takes me down a route of like, wow, okay, I really need to work on that. I'm kind of a mean person in that area of my life or something, you know, but it's like, you need to realize those things in order to like catch yourself. You're like, okay, yeah, I can be really mean in that situation can I transform that energy or is it best to just step away and come back to it or whatever it might be? Right. Yeah. So, right. yeah. 
<laughs> and I love that too. It's making healing accessible for people because it's saying, you know, if you don't have 500 bucks to work with, it, you know, an energy healer on really deep diving into, you know, one-to-one sessions, you mm-hmm. still have the meditation. They buy the book and then they have the meditations on your website and then they have, you know, um, not your website, but your YouTube channel. And then they have different things that you're putting out there to kind of support them. And so, yeah, I was a single parent for eight years. So I totally understand that, you know, and that's one of the, that's one of the important things to me too. It's just like, there's, I feel like there's this uh, entrepreneurial movement that's like more and more and more and more and more. And I'm just like more accessible, um, (laughs) you know, more people served. Is, is yeah. my thing, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like, so, what can I, I create? And, and it's sort of like, you know, the stuff I create, it's a piece of me. Right. It's like, not exactly like getting a session with me, but if, you know, you have the deck, you don't even need the workbook, but if you have the deck and you're like, okay, let me contemplate on, you know, supporting versus controlling. How am, I supporting? <laughs> How am I controlling? Am I controlling me? And, you know, it's like, if you really just, you know, like just have scrap paper for their journal and just say, okay, yes. Okay. I'm controlling in the situation. And it might be a specific situation they start with and that leads down another path. And then they realize, Oh, I'm really controlling all the time. Okay. <laughs> how can I be more supportive to people or how can I be more supportive to myself instead of trying to control every situation? Um, yeah, so you don't need a whole lot. And yeah, I kind of feel like I create little quirky things. <laughs> but I'm like, it's an expression of me. It's like, oh, this is this is something like, you know, the fine line started out as my own journal notes, like, oh, you know, okay, there's this versus this. This is interesting. And it did start out with me looking at other people. And then I was like, oh, let me look at this within myself. Right. You know, so it's they are kind of getting you can kind of see the 44 fine lines as 44 individual sessions with me or sets of sessions and things like that. And like, I have a, you know, my Oracle of the fool that I created like, like five days. It was just like this flurry of like, Oh, this is an interesting concept. Well, I'm working on a, a, tar- a full length, a full tarot deck for adults. Cause I have my children on. And I was just thinking about the fool and I was just sort of brainstorming. It was like during one of baby's naps. And I think it was like a long nap day. And I was just like this flurry of notes. And I was like, Oh, and this and this and this. And I was like, maybe this can be an Oracle deck, but it's all about the fool's energy. Right. It's just like, you know, there's, there's the unknown, there's the known, there's possibilities, there's, um, Okay, well, I'll show you my oracle the fool. It's like they're all just concepts of the fool. You know, there's like chaos, unknown. Oh, you can't see that. Unknown, nothing, possibilities, commotion. It's all just basically the energy of chaos and nothingness and emptiness. Um, and I point out it because it's a guidebook and journal too. <laughs> it's actually kind of journal prompts, but, um, chaos comes from the Greek word chaos, which means void, empty. Like we do think of chaos as like, where's my chaos card as like flurry, like, that's kind of the modern concept of it, but it really means the emptiness. So this is the big bang, right? Like before the Big Bang, what was there? Like, we don't know, but we, we assume it was empty, right? There, there was nothing. And then the big, like, that's what, that's what I call it. Big, like, everything came into existence out of the nothing. 
So it's the uh, like, it's it's everything. The nothing is everything, and right. it seems like chaos to us. This is going off on a tangent here, but I don't think there's really chaos. It's just we can't see the patterns all the time because they're so large or so small that right. we can't conceptualize it or see it with our two eyes. So it's, you know, it's an interesting, it's a, this is another quirky little deck. I was like, well, I'm just going to make a deck out of this. And I figured out how to do a round deck. And I like, a, it wasn't Photoshop. What did I do? I forget. But I was like, okay, I have to figure out how to do this and I find the pictures I want to use for them and change them black and white. And this is like, it was this flurry of like, <laughs> it was chaos, <laughs> a beautifully organized, chaotic process of creating this. And I was like, let me just make a little guidebook and journal. And I actually lined the pages on this one. Um, so it was kind of fun for me to do. Just It was just using all that, like a spurt of creative energy, produce something. And I'm like, well, it's out there. It's an expression of me. This is how my mind thinks. Like I think in these like deep concepts, what is empty? <laughs> and it like goes into this flurry of stuff. And yeah, people can get the deck and the guidebook and like explore, explore this within themselves. But it is, it's like talking to me about this, basically. Right. Yeah. So oh, then, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> just the, okay, so with the full one, I'm all like, does yeah. the deck come with the deck? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, it's the deck. The deck is like, because so it's 22 cards, but it's a double deck. Okay. So, there's the 22 cards with the keywords. And this is just because like you can make 44 cards in the, like it fits 44 cards. So I was like, or 52 barely. I was like, I'm going to make it a double deck. That's an interesting, cause I was like my quirky little mind, like, okay, we have the ones with the keywords, right? And then the same cards without the keywords. So you can path work which is sort of a trendy term now, but it's like just guided meditation using an image basically. Or you can, you know, you can meditate on the image. What does this mean? What emotions does this stir up? What do you feel when you look at this? Where does it take you inside? You know? Right. So that's the, the I love the, the fractal one. Yeah, fractals are, yeah. yeah. So it's a double deck. You can work with just half of it or all of it. Um, I actually put extra journaling pages on the book. It's all black and white. Okay. Because of the, you know, the void, the emptiness is black, right? Or white. Right. Yeah. <laughs> is it black or is it bright white? <laughs> Which is it? Because, you know, if you go, like, into a dark cave and they turn the lights out, you start to see little, like, pings of white light. I don't know if you've ever done that. Mm -hmm. like, um, so you get so dark, it becomes white. Mm -hmm. or like not that I've done this or recommend doing it but if you stared at the sun or a light bulb it's so white you go blind it goes black like which is it um, but I actually have in the back of this because there's I'll show you a page let's see so uh, there's light so we have the page and a little discussion of the image sort of a prompt journaling pages and then the back I have extra pages for um, I call the, the one without the keywords the unknown deck ah. so it's the unknown half of the, of the unknown deck right so it's like journaling pages to just work with these if you just want to give an image yeah um, so I mean I, I call it it's a conceptual deck you know it's 
It can be used as an oracular deck, sort of. <laughs> the same with the fine lines. Like you can use it like as an oracular deck, and I've seen someone do that where you pull like two or one or one to three cards, and just say, okay, what do I need to work on this week? Okay, discipline versus habit. What am what are my discipline? Like, why do you keep doing this to me? <laughs> <laughs> what's your ritual? And what's you know, is this a discipline I have? Am I disciplined to brush my teeth? Am I disciplined to, you know, write in my journal every day? Or, you know, those are also habits. But do I have a habit of not brushing my teeth? Do I have a habit of drinking too much coffee? You know, it's like it kind of gets you thinking. So it can be used oracularly sort of in a, in a way. Um, and if someone's intention was that, you know, they're doing like a tarot spread and then pulling like one of the fine lines or one of the full cards, you know, it could be like, you know, let's say they pull compassion versus pity and they realize they're faced with the situation that day where they might need to act out of compassion or they find they have pity for someone. So it, it can work that way, but that's not quite the intention of the creation. Um, they're both sort of conceptual decks and, and inner working decks. So. Right. So rather <laughs> than something, uh, you could bring them into a deeper dive because you don't want this to be like your, you know, like um, when I do hotline readings or something. This yeah. Is that kind of energy. Yeah, it's not like does he love me? <laughs> like it's a job. It's not, you wouldn't use these with like a Lenormand deck or anything right. like that. But you could, you could, you know, it could be, I have in some of my weekly readings occasionally used one of my decks, um, you know, and it, and it tends to, it always works out. Whatever Oracle deck I use with the tarot cards, it always connects, you know, so I just, I just have complete faith in that. Like I just, whatever comes up, that's what you go with. You know, I don't, I don't think the the process out through a reading because that's not what it's for. Right. Um, but yeah, it was just fun to create, you know, <laughs> especially like the Oracle, the fool is just this flurry of like, it's my brain. It's a brain fart. Basically. <laughs> is that the right word? A brain explosion. that Other people can get if they want, <laughs> if they want to see, right. you know, want to work with me without working with me kind of basically. Well, and I love that. I, I love the fact that you've put these concepts in and you're open enough to just allow yourself to create yeah. on a whim. And yeah. just, I mean, that's in touch with inspiration on such a, a magnificent level because that's filterless, you know, and I love that. It's, it's just so many people are just like, no, I couldn't do that because this and that. And the other thing, you're just like, let it roll. Yeah. And I'm just realizing now as we talk how like this is talking about vulnerability. Like I'm, this is just me putting me out there in various ways. And if it helps someone great, you know, and yeah, here it is. It's like, here you go. Um, yeah. I just realizing that, yeah, it's sort of like an ex exposing myself in a good way, you know, in a helpful, hopefully helpful way. Right. No, definitely. I'm all like, where's my credit card? How do I sign up? <laughs> yeah. They're affordable. That's yeah. for sure. You know, and then there's also, you know, my children's tarot. So I just came out with this. It's just a major arcana deck, but uh -huh. it's designed, like this is another one that's been sort of long-term. Like I wrote the guidebook when I was in San Francisco. Um, I think it was before my mom passed away. 
when I was, cause like I could sit with her at the table and like work on my computer and uh, say the same thing over and over to her. I got really like, it prepped me for motherhood. I really got good at like multitasking. I know that's funny, but it was sort of a positive outcome of that. So I wrote the guidebook for this then. And then um, I actually went through a couple rounds of working on the deck, like with different people. And then they'd sort of drop out and and then this last fall, I was just like, okay, I I'm, I'm really want to do this. I had my sketches. Um, and I was like, okay, but I got to get them like digitalized. I need them. I need a graphic designer to help me. <laughs> so I was like, I just need to hire someone. Here's my sketches. Here's my vision. Here's the guidebook. Let's talk about this. Can you create this? So I have a digital file. You know, I just, I love learning those things, but being a mom, you know, like having a baby, I just, I was like, I just, it would take me years at this point. So I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna hire a graphic designer to help me out to get this done. And I'm loving it. I love it. It's a plastic case for kids. Oh, cool. Keep it wet. Um, it has cards with the keywords on it in case that, you know, if the parents are, don't want to buy the guidebook, the guidebook is also a coloring book, but it comes with the keywords. You don't have to buy that. Um, you know, a little bit about spreads. Just one in three cards for kids. Uh, it's like my decks are getting bigger and bigger as I'm working on it. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's very applicable. Like there's mother, you know, the empress, learning for the magician. So all the elements are there. Right. Nice. It, it's a diverse deck. All cultures are, are included. So teacher for the hierophants. Uh-huh. You know, karma for the wheel. Like oh, what nice. can I do? Um, what what what's the next stage for me? Uh -huh. Awareness for judgment. Okay. Now wake up call. Okay, I got to do this. I'm starting school today. I think it's this September, so it's like the first day of school. Father. For the emperor. Yeah. Okay. I love this one. The tower oh, rebuilding. That's my favorite card. It turned out so well. Yeah. yeah. You know, truth oh, for justice. So there's a. I don't know how well you can see because it it's small unicorn and a horse. Uh -huh. What's the truth? What is true for you? You know, oneness for the world. I love that. We'll go through all of them, but it's it's a so it's a majors only deck because it, you know kids like seventy eight cards is a lot. Yeah, and I know seeing like like on some of the Facebook groups. I'm not on social media a whole lot, but when I get on, when I have time, <laughs> you know, I try to check out as much as I can. Um, you know, I know some parents give their kids like full size decks, but that's a lot. That's a lot for kids. But it's, and a lot of the, you know, the card meanings like they can seem archaic and not make sense. Like, what's an emperor? What's a hierophant? You know? So, you know, I have the guidebook and coloring book. And I made two versions one's a spiral bound, and one, this is my proof copy. So it, it won't have that. And, the, and one's a normal bound. Um, but it, it's, you know, it's, the description I make applicable. So let's look at like mother. So it's just a page. So mother, mothers are loving and nurturing people and beings through their inner beauty. They create life and cultivate joy. The great power of the mother can be seen in the earthly abundance that mother earth constantly creates all over the world. When the three card appears, it's reminding you to have gratitude for the love, beauty, joy, and nurturing you have in your life. Reach out to your mother or a mother figure and say thank you. With gratitude, more nurturing relationships and nourishing abundance will flow into your life. 
So I really work to get all, all of what you would consider the standard keywords for you know, a normal adult tarot deck in like the one little paragraph without making it too wordy. Of course, younger children won't be able to read this, but they can get the message from the picture. Right. And then I have the keywords, and then they all have a quote at the bottom. Um, for mother, the quote is, when you are grateful, fear disappears and abundance appears. And that's by Tony Robbins. So it's like the abundance energy of the empress. And then there's a, you know, coloring book pages. Nice. And then there's a two pages for notes. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, for kids who want to take notes. So it was just, I was so happy to get that, that produced. I'm so happy how it came out. Oh, and the cards, they're actually plastic cardstock. Oh, cool. So, you so are, yeah, like the really nice. They can get wet. They yeah. can be, I don't want to, this is my working, my working deck. Um, but I've let my toddler, my one and a half year old play with them and she bent them and chewed on them and crumpled them. And I, I show those in the, there's a video on my YouTube channel I did talking about it. You can bend them in half, you can straighten them out. So she was like my quality control tester. Oh, <laughs> a month, she abused the cards. And, you know, little older kids aren't going to abuse them as much. But I was like, this is good quality control testing. And right. then a paper card she rips in like an hour. Right. So I'm really happy with how that turned out. You know, I was kind of like, oh, plastic, but it's a good idea. And they're bridge size, so it's small cards for small hands. And yeah, that was just so fun. Like, I just love, I love how it turned out. I'm so happy about it. <laughs> so, you know, and as each thing, thing gets created, you know, of course there's little things that I notice, like, oh, I can do that better or I can do this better or I'll do a different type of publishing or different type of, you know, whatever. Um, seeing how I can do it better with the next one. Right. You know, that's, it, it motivates me and it inspires me and yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, what I've seen so far, I'm just like, wow. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the kids' cards, I mean, the way that you've broken down the concepts into really easy to understand cartoons, like, like they would see, and it's so, you know, you're an archetypal, you are a student of archetypes. I saw that you have yeah. the certification. And yeah. so breaking them down, I mean, those archetypes don't change. They haven't changed. Right. But like you said, the way that they were presented in a normal tarot deck is sometimes even daunting for adults. They don't fully yeah. understand the concepts. Well, um, because they are sort of yeah, they're outdated in the Renaissance period, medieval yeah. time. You know, it's like, hey, what's a modern term for this that fits that meaning that encompasses the right. symbolism associated with that? Um, and so that's that's what I did when I broke it down. Um, that was, you know, like five years ago when I wrote the, the guide. Um, yeah, it's, and it was, it was fun to, to simplify for mm -hmm. myself to really like, okay, let's simplify the meanings of these. What does this right. mean? And of course, you know, really, I mean, a tarot reading, it can mean anything, you know, when you're really deep into a reading. But for children, okay, what's, what, what's the simple meaning of this? Can they grasp that? Sure, yeah, mother. It's funny, tomorrow's Mother's Day. I'm just realizing. Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier. <laughs> what does mother mean? I mean? She's creativity. She's abundance. She's growth. You know, she gives. Mm -hmm. And she receives, you know. So, yeah, I, it, I remember when I was working on it, it helped me to look at tarot in a little, in a different way that I hadn't looked at before. 
Right. Yeah. And so each time, like the next deck I'm working on is like complete opposite of the children's. It's like an abstract tarot deck. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, it's another quirky one of mine. I'm like, I don't know if people will like this, but it's, it's, there's no people. It's abstract. It's to tap into the subconscious. Right. Like the fool, <laughs> the Oracle of the fool, like the fine lines. Um, it's not a deck for beginners. Right. It's, this is a good one for beginners, the children's tarot, <laughs> you know, right. even adult beginners, because it, it just breaks it down and it's fun to work with, you know. Right. Um, and I, I kind of mentioned, because I call it for the young and the young at heart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the next one is abstract. It's, yeah. The challenge with it, which is funny, is trying to decide on the medium. Because I've done a few rounds of like the drawings in ink. And then I was going to do watercolor and then I was like, I don't like that. And then I found uh, brush pens. So okay. it's like, and I was like, uh, and then trying to decide, do I want it to look very precise or do I want, I would think I want it to look, I'm going back to paints. So I'm going to do tempura paints. I'm pretty sure. Cause I have to keep doing test drums <laughs> um, with it, you know, just with a couple of the cards, just to get the right look that I want. I think I want it to look sort of medieval. Okay. I'm trying not to give away what it is, right? Um, and it's hard to explain because it's an abstract deck, but the look and the feel of it is part of what will tap into the subconscious. Right. So it's kind of like a magical tarot deck in a way. Oh, interesting. Yes. So oh, like, all I'll say about it. <laughs> no, that sounds really, really fast. And I've been looking into other printing possibilities. If I do want to have like 100 boxes in my home of decks and then there's all the packing material and trips to I'm like I don't know if I can do that yet but I am looking into it's going to be a while till this one's all done yeah aside some other little details but yeah it's an interesting process but it's fun because I'm learning things as I go along right you know, it might be just you know takes time with a baby and working and everything it might be in a week all I do is contact a printer and ask them a couple questions <laughs> like can you do this is this possible you know can you send me samples of this um but it's all it's slowly coming along yeah this is one that's not going to be a flurry at all it's <laughs> not not 10 years not five days Something, right yeah <laughs> no but that's awesome i love to hear also the creative process that you're going through in order to make these decks a reality because that's something I think that it's daunting when you're looking at it from the outside going in you're just like holy cow I need to make 78 cards and but when you look at it from this playful aspect of you know how can I re how can I deepen my understanding of tarot and mm -hmm. also make a deck that's that's that other people can work with too yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's just like all these different things to think about and research and I like to research what I'm doing. And I mean, lately a lot of it, it's been like cardstock. <laughs> what, what is this? What does this feel like? Can I get more samples of that? Can you send me this? What do you make this? Do I want it to look like that? <laughs> you know, what size do I want the cards? Well, you know, and then, yeah, then the medium and then, okay. Now, does the card actually convey what I wanted to <laughs> convey to the person reading it? Yet, I think, you know, there, I, I've seen discussions about this. Like, does a deck have the creator's intention in it? 
or is the debt created? You don't know the creator's intention all the time, right? Right. So you can create a deck and fill the deck with your intention of what you want the cards to mean. And that will come through in the meaning. Or you can create a deck that's open and I want it to be open. Okay. It's connect to the meaning of what each individual tarot card means. Yeah, because that's uh, speaking yeah. of signs, that's a really fine line too between having a tarot deck and having an oracle deck with 78 cards. Oh yeah. Because you want to if you're if it's going to be tarot in my in my space and in, in the way that I do things there are some decks that have some extra cards like the um, dreams of Gaia cards. Yeah. That, well, cause that's tarot sort of. Yeah. 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 So it, it got a lot of the components of tarot, but it, it varies from the norm. Like there's the classic, yeah. there's the almost classic. And then there's the, because the mages were totally redone. Like, yeah. That's yeah. it's not the standard order. It, there's the extra cards. Was it 24 major arcana or something? Yeah. And then of course, like the, what would be the pages are the, the like body mind, the, the polarities, I think is what I call them, <laughs> you know? And so it's, yeah, it's like tarot. It's not a terroracle, you know, this right. arcana decks plus oracle cards. It's something different, but it's kind of tarot, but it's not, and it's not just an oracle. It's, it's right. interesting. I love that deck though. It's, it's really interesting. And I actually usually just take all the majors out and just use that oh. as an oracle deck. Uh, but it's a beautiful deck. <laughs> I love that one. That cab, that black cabinet there, that's uh-huh. full of decks. That whole thing is full of decks. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have too many. I've actually been starting like putting some together and giving them as gifts to friends and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, wow. I can use this one enough. Or I'm going to do an art project with this one. Like, I don't like things sitting around. And I've gotten really picky about the decks I want to use. And so right. I'm like, what am I going to do with these? So who knows what will happen with some of my decks. You might see like an art project back there on the wall or something. Um, but yeah, there's interesting like decks, you know, Tarot, it's a system. It's a set system. And so with the deck I'm working on, it's abstract, but I want it to be in that system. Right. Is. But I also want it to not confine what the meaning can be for people. Right. Because I want it to tap into the subconscious, into the archetype that whatever comes up for them, or the message that comes up for them, or the feeling that comes up when they look at the card. Right. Yeah. So and the course, creator can tap into their intuition a little bit more and yeah. fill in the blanks rather than saying, oh, this is, and this is. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. of course, you know, the, there'll be the image, the abstract image. And then of course, you'll have to have the name of the card on it. So that name automatically will bring up certain meanings, you right. know, Empress. Okay. And then they look at the image like, you know, right. Okay. <laughs> what does that stir up within me? What what comes to mind? And everyone's going to be different. Some people, their brain will go, okay, Empress means da-da-da-da-da. Or Hierophant means da-da-da-da-da. And they'll go with that for a while and then maybe start working with the the symbol on the card. So, right. I'll see. That's my idea right now. It will probably shift a little bit 
as I'm working on it, I don't know. We'll see what what happens. <laughs> it's well, in when I'm reading tarot, though, I mean, that's kind of how it works for me, unless there's something that's just like, but it's really usually look at the cards and then the cards start to tell a story and then everything starts flooding in from there. So it's just yeah. like that trigger point. Yeah. Yeah. For me, that the cards dance together. Right. And it's funny. I didn't, I kind of knew I did this, but I didn't realize till like, I don't know, a year ago, someone emailed me and she's like, oh, you inspired me how you do readings and how you just pull up different, you know, you're showing different cards on camera, like going all over the spread. And I was like, Oh, I do. Because <laughs> it's the dance. Like this card's connecting to this one this way and that one to that one. And it's like this little interplay. Uh, it's, yeah, it's like they're dancing. Right. For me. Yeah. But sometimes, they, you know, the message is like literal. Oh, yeah. All right. For three cards of completion, you better stop doing that. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. It's clear, or this means this, and that's what I'm getting. And nothing else so here's your message right <laughs> no, that but you know sometimes it's like yeah this is straight up this is what it means but most often it's like this yeah this dance of energies and then something else opens up and the new dancer comes in and the cards interact in unique ways so yeah. right and then you get that little hit you're just like oh but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like anything can come in yeah yeah, keeping it open. Yeah, and just, I just trust what what I pick up intuitively. Yeah, why not just say what comes up? It may not may not may not make sense. My my brain might be like what, but right, it's what comes up and you just go with it, and usually makes sense to the client, you know, if not to me. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and that's part of the art of tarot too is just really mm -hmm. trusting life wow, did I just say something like that? Or <laughs> I don't know what this means. So many times, you know, cause I do a lot of client recordings right now. Um, how many times I finish a reading and I'm like, that was crappy, but it's done. And then they email back like, oh my gosh, that totally made sense and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay. And that just affirms for me to go with what comes up. You know, even afterwards, I'm like, I don't know if I made any sense. I felt like I was like, off on some weird tangent talking about like I don't know what and hopefully something made sense and those are the ones that usually resonate the best maybe. right yeah yeah wow yeah. <laughs> and I was like don't question yourself just go with it and, yeah. and that's totally yeah that's totally what people who are going into reading people who are learning to read really have to kind of allow themselves to connect with that yeah well that's trusting intuition right it's yeah. like yeah your brain's gonna pop in here and then be like don't say that but it's like okay that's the message i'm getting that's the feeling i'm getting in my body that's the emotion that's coming up you know and you know, sometimes information you know can come through it's like popping up my memories that relate to what's going on and it's like hey how do i translate that because i do feel like i'm kind of a translator um I like that term makes more sense to me than like a channel I'm translating. Um, and just, yeah, just again, yeah. Trusting that intuition, however it comes through and just like, Hey, here it is. And ignore my brain <laughs> saying, what? Right. That doesn't make sense. Just go with it. 
and it's hard at first, like people really trying to like get into it because the brain is there like, that can't be, or like, oh, I don't want this to be a sad reading, but it's like, okay, well, there's some grief coming or, you know, something challenging coming up and here's how you phrase it and people understand, but you don't have to be like, oh, it looks like a terrible day tomorrow, you know, right. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you can look at it and say, okay, there is a challenge or something that, you know, some sad experience coming up and here's the solution. Here's how you deal with it or whatever. Um, yeah. It's just getting the brain out of the way. Right. And also approaching it with tact. And tact. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, not, not reacting, <laughs> right. Responding to what comes up in the cards, the information, right. you know, and just trusting those, yeah, those intuitive hits, however they come for each person, because it's different for each person. Because like it can, you can lay cards that look like you have the nine of cups and you have the three of cups and you have the four of wands and you have all these like awesome, wonderful cards. But the feeling, you know, I could get is like, something's not right here or like, oh, there's just excess or, you know, just trying yeah. to think. Like, it's like, it could actually be, not what you first expect when you look at the cards, mm -hmm. you know. So you just have to, yeah, trust that. It's hard though. <laughs> like people starting out or, you know, really wanting like transition to professional readings. It's like you just gotta go with it. Yeah, like that's really mm -hmm. just kind of that's the cool right there. <laughs> yeah, you just keep practicing going with it. You know, it's practice, practice, practice. Right. There'll be a day here or there where you're off, and. You just ground, you center, you know, you know, like if it's a recording and I'm having like, you know, baby was up and I'm exhausted, you know, it's, I usually schedule things. So I have lots of time. So I, I really often work ahead of schedule just cause I, I give myself extra leeway just in case something comes up, but like, I'll just be like, okay, I'm just going to record it tomorrow. I don't have to do it right now. I have another week to get it done. Even though I wanted to do it today, I just, you know. Yeah, if you're off and you can work around it, you know, adjust your schedule, however that can be, you know. Right, right. Yeah. And I found too, like sometimes it's really interesting to try and tiptoe through readings that come up like, oh, well, yeah, I do kind of see an engagement coming up. And you don't want to like, Wee, yeah, get a reading. You know, you don't want to like, so sometimes for me, I found, but then, yeah, then the engagement comes up and you're just like, well, if I had, you know, said what came into my mind instead of filtering myself, right? Yeah. it would have been a more on point meaning. It didn't mean that the reading that I gave wasn't pertinent to the situation. It just meant that there was also other stuff going on that, you yeah. know, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sometimes, you know, I'll see like, oh, there's a relationship coming here for you, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> Looks stable one, you know, right? Um, you know, or whatever else comes up. Yeah, I mean, I'll just put it, I just learned to put it out there. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to, you know, yeah. but anything can change, like nothing's set in stone. And yeah. And so I always out to the clients, like, it's your choice. It's like, like, a, you know, tarot yeah. spread, like, this is advice. Yes. It seems predictive. It's the likely course of action, but right. you can make choices to change it if you want, for better or worse. Right. Yeah. 
or to shift the energy somehow. It's not set in stone. Right. I, I try to, you know, look at it more as like a coaching tool. Exactly. Yeah. You know? And it's funny because like I can look at it and be like, okay, this and this is going to happen. But it's like, I don't want to just predict someone's life, you know, especially even looking at astrology because astrology is the study of time. Oh, yeah. Really like, to me, like, I don't put out there, I do predictive work because that's not what I want people to come to me for. I want them to come to me because they want to grow as people. They want to work on their themselves, you know, deep inside, you know, spiritually, emotionally. Um, but, you, you know, you can look at astrology and be like, oh, in this time frame, there's a pretty good chance you're going to meet someone. It's still not set in stone. Right. You know, but it's like, especially like a Jupiter transit through the seventh house. It's like, you're likely to meet someone or get married during that time. Like meet someone that you would be in a long-term relationship with or get married then, you know? And, you know, there's things where it's like, oh, this is a good time to travel. Doesn't mean other times you can't, but like it shows times where it's like really good to do some things or they likely will happen. And times where it's like, oh, that's going to be a lot more challenging, you know? Doesn't mean it can't happen. But sometimes you need to be in those challenges. You're supposed to be in that situation with those challenges. Right. And so I, I like with astrology, yes, yeah, study of time. You can predict things. I don't like to do predictive work, but inevitably stuff comes up because right. I'm looking at it. It's like, okay, this is, this, this is what's likely to happen. And I say likely because it's, it, again, it's not totally set in stone. Um, but I also like to look at it. So trying to put my thoughts towards here. <laughs> like you can look at it to see where you want to go and where your soul has planned for you to go. And then take all the, every planet, every house, every sign, every asteroid, if you're looking at Western astrology, they all have positive and negative aspects. Right. And so even though you can say, okay, this Jupiter transit through your 10th house is great for expanding your career. It's likely to just expand on its own. And then you look, okay, is there a limiting angle? Let's say there's nothing. Let's say everything's good. Okay, great. But Jupiter's also excess. So a lot of people think, oh, Jupiter's the benefic. He's the wonderful planet. He's Santa Claus and everything's all good. But he has this negative side too. It's excess. You could overwork yourself at that time and exhaust yourself sure let's say you let's say you grew your business but you're exhausted you're tired the following year jupiter will be in 11th house you're getting the gains from all that work and then all of a sudden the third year it's not working this way in real life but let's say the third year saturn's in your 10th house okay which slows things down it's restricted it's also hard work so you're stuck with this expanded business that you worked with the Jupiter energies, bringing in great income before, you know, the second year after. The third year after, you're still working hard, but the increase in, you know, your income's not increasing more now, but you're working just as hard because you expanded that business. You did it to excess because you did it a little too much. Let's say someone's 10th house is Sagittarius, which Jupiter rules, and Jupiter was there, and it was like so much Jupiter energy. It's like... Great at first, but then you're like, oh my God, it's like, you know, companies that like expand into too many like shops and then they shut down a few years later. It's like that kind of energy. So let's say Saturn's there and it's the hard work, but Saturn's the greatest lesson too. 
So the Saturn energy could be saying, oh, Saturn's in my 10th house. And people like blame the planets, which is how we use the language. And I use it too, but the planets aren't doing anything for us. Right. That's the, the map of time that our, we chose at, when we chose when we were born. Right. Or our souls chose when we came into this body. Um, so you can blame Saturn, but it's like, but you can work with it too. Saturn's positive. Saturn is patience. So it's, I call it the P word. <laughs> people are like oh, patience or they're like okay i need to be patient this can be a positive thing right so people hate the p word but it's a really positive thing so it's like you can be patient you can learn how to work more diligently get better with managing your time saturn like structure and schedules hire people structure the company build a better foundation which is saturn Right. And when you transform that heavy, slow, you know, obstacle energy of Saturn into something more positive, which then, because Saturn actually brings better long-term gains, like Jupiter is like, yay, lucky lottery. Da, da, da. Saturn's like, you're going to work hard, but you're going to get great benefits for the long term. So then you can work with it. So like that example, a lot of it is people's attitude, and then this is free will. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? Right. Are you going to like, you know, you're happy, you're on a business high with that Jupiter transit and then all this money's coming in in the next year, maybe two, because it's not, things aren't cut off when the transit moves, right? I say it's not a light switch. And you're going on vacations and you buy a yacht and a new car and a house and then the Saturn energy sits in and you're stuck working and you can't use your yacht and you're got a double mortgage and and you're resistant saturn is resistant and you're resistant to lay a new foundation and hire new employees and restructure and this and that or you say okay i need to restructure i'm going to make this better i'm going to work hard and make this better long term you know it's like there's free will right is it going to be disastrous is it going to be great right <laughs> Well, and flowing with the energy. You can't only flow when it's Jupiter in there. You have exactly. to flow to, you know, yeah. it's figuring out what the positive aspects of everything are and then working within that. Yeah. And knowing the negative too, like, okay, this is this can go right down this route, you know, like well, using Jupiter. <laughs> He's a good one to work with because people just think positive of him. And he, and he is. He's mostly positive, but he has his, his downside. So let's say Jupiter transiting the second house, which is the house of gains. I call it the house of stuff because that's money, gains, possessions, yeah. material things. It's also self-worth, but we'll just talk about physical things. Jupiter transiting that, you know, it's like this is the one transit where I'll say you're, there's a good chance of winning the lottery. Not that I predict that at all, but occasionally people ask me, I was like, well, there's a better chance here. So you can buy a few tickets, whatever. Um, because Jupiter's, you know, he brings his good luck to your stuff, to your gains, to your money. It can also mean it's an inheritance, which may or may not seem, mean someone passes away, but it can. So it could be a great expansion of your stuff because someone passes away um, or it can be gifted. Um, but Jupiter in the second also means you're probably going to be like drawn to spend lots of money. You want more stuff. You want to expand your stuff. You can like, you know, depending on whatever else is going on in your chart at that time, it could be like, oh, you're going through a hard time and you're like doing a lot of retail therapy and filling up your credit cards and this and that. And especially if Venus is there too. And you're like getting your hair done and doing all this stuff. Like it's fun in the moment and you probably need you have the resources to do it then. 
But, you know, the opposite house, the opposite houses work together. The opposite house is the eighth house, which is house of loss and death and transformation. So if we're looking materially, it's gains and loss, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, don't spend too much. So if you see, know the negatives, okay, Jupiter's transiting your second. Yeah, you're going to get more stuff. Great. You know, you can buy new things. Just don't overdo it. Catch yourself. So you don't spend so much. You're then all of a sudden at a loss. Right. And you find yourself having to sell your stuff or, you know, other things can happen. Those right. are isolated things. But, you know, you, it's, it's good to know, okay, here's, you know, this is like where the coaching comes in. Okay, here's the negative side of this. You want to be careful. Right. Or I'm giving Jupiter a bad rap here. Jupiter transiting your ascendant, which is your physical body. It's you in this lifetime. Jupiter transiting the ascendant because Jupiter's expansion could mean you gain a lot of weight that year. Uh. You know, and so it's like, okay, it just might happen because this it's subtle energy, but it's there. Obviously, there'll be other reasons that bring that into fruition. But if you don't want to gain weight, watch your diet a little more. Make sure you're hydrated. You know, let's say, let's say Venus is there with Jupiter. She's sweets. Watch the sugar. Right. You know, you just avoid as many sweets as you can this year. You know, that could be like you binge on a gallon of ice cream once a week or something. I don't know. Um, but you know, it's like you, you can see where you'll have your little challenges and work on those. Right. You, know, you can go deeper with that. Okay. Is there a reason why I binge eat? Am I emotionally eating? You, know, you can get, you know, go into the, into the psyche from there. Right. right. See what issues might come up <laughs> at different times in your life. <laughs> wow. So working with you is just getting like a whole, <laughs> buffet yeah. <laughs> tool yeah yeah able to really kind of look at things from varying um levels yeah like what's the practical meaning right. of this and okay what could that mean what's going on within i mean it really depends on the individual and what type of the session they have but yeah you can look at it from all different levels and angles and it's sort of like, you know, how it's like body, mind, emotions, spirit. They're not disconnected. Like the practical, like the superficial and the, and the deep are not disconnected either. They're reflecting each other in some way. One might seem to like weigh more in someone's life than another. Not Some of that comes out to personality. But what's going on within will reflect without somehow. And what you're doing without will also reflect within. Right. And so it's, it's, you know, that's where it just comes to like being a little more aware, a little more conscious of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. I mean, we say it and it sounds like, oh, no, yeah, just be aware of it. Da, da, da. But it's, it's not that easy. It takes a lot of like this word. I feel journaling is helpful because you're connecting what's within to something without. And then when you read what you journal like I think it's important to go back and read what you've written you know last week last year 10 years ago to reflect back upon it so it's good to constant reflection well not constant that can be exhausting <laughs> like you know doing deep work all the time that's why like create trying to create this online course was like exhausting um but yeah you can yeah you can it can go in all directions <laughs> right 
Yeah. I think the most important thing is, though, to be honest with yourself and to actually see what areas you can improve your life in or if things don't feel right or good. Yeah. Start yeah. doing some inner work because, like you said earlier, the only person you can change, the only behaviors you can change is your own. Right. And yourself. Yeah. Um, and then people just need to be patient with, there's that P word, right? Patient yeah. with themselves. Because it's like, you're like, oh, I need to change this. And I think a lot of people hope like, oh, I'll be different next week, next month. And it's like, it may take years. Right. Take years. Some things like, yeah, okay. You shift within yourself and it's pretty immediate. Other things, you know, can be so deeply rooted within you in ways you don't know. And then this can even get to ancestral patterns or even past life patterns um, that it takes years. Right. But as long as you're working on it, it means you're more aware of it. Right. You can observe yourself and make changes more often. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. So how can people get in touch with you to get uh, So just go to my website, julianvictoria.com. Okay. Um, I also have my blog site, which is peacockseyes.com, and there's a contact link on the right-hand side. So either one won't you'll get there <laughs> um yeah so but julianvictoria.com is is my main business site yeah good yeah. and i will post a link of that as well with the video so that people can just like it'll be right below the video so. yeah and everything's there there's my dex books page with you know pictures of everything that's all linked up to where you can purchase it and read more about it um my sessions and readings page um yeah because i just read did the website so it's like fresh in my mind <laughs> okay yeah good yeah. I did notice some of your stuff is available on Amazon too right yeah so the books are actually all available on Amazon okay. um, published through their their publishing um, so yeah all the oh except for like the the spiral bound okay. um, Lulu um, so for the children's tarot um, there's also a coloring uh, an only coloring book that's like supplemental coloring pages or for children who aren't reading yet. Um, you know, if they want the coloring book and they don't need all the words, you know, for a few more years, or, you know, parents can get that if they want the coloring. Oh, wow. book. Yeah. So there's two versions there. Um, so those are on Lulu, but everything else is on Amazon. Okay. Um, the fine lines deck um, and the Oracle of the fool are on uh, the game crafter. Okay. And I mean, all the links are on the website. And then um, Children's Tarot, the deck is on make playing cards because they oh. have plastic cards. Yeah, it's a lot of work researching where and how to publish and what do you want to do. And right, so I've learned quite a lot. So it's like I feel like I have an inside knowledge. Like, like if I just hit a deck on Kickstarter and I see things, I'm like, oh, I think they're publishing through here. <laughs> it's funny. I'm like publishing spying, you know, because it's part of my life, figuring out what did they use? Okay, did this work? Or I like this deck. Who did they use? You know, um, it's kind of, kind of like, I feel like I'm stalking. But it's research. I'm like, okay, wait, I like this. What did they use? And yeah. 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 A little spy work. <laughs> Well, it's really. an honor, though, I'm sure, you know, it's, it's just when a, when a nice deck comes out and it just feels nice to work with and, and yeah. everything flows with it, you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. find out about how they did it and, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so still more research to do, for sure, yeah, yeah. but it's all coming, it'll all come together, 
before you know it, I'll have like five more decks out and <laughs> 10 more books. You know, maybe not that quick, but. Well, you're a really you know, I feel yeah. like things just sort of explode out when like in bursts. So. Right. Yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, good. Good. I can't wait to see because now I'm just like all decks. <laughs> what I need. Thank you. Yeah. It was great talking to you. It was wonderful talking to you. So thank you so much for, for joining me and for being patient with all of the technical difficulties today. It happens, you know, it's life, technology, patience, the P word. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Okay. But it was fun. Thank you. It was definitely. And um, yeah, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Julie and Victoria, J-U-L-I-A-N-N-E-I-C-T-O-R-I-A.com. Yes. yes. Okay, perfect. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank okay. you so much. Okay. I'll see you soon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. Take care. Thank you.